Deion Dawkins has started a Bills-Jets rivalry. Franchise tags, some are getting them, some are not. And the running back market is going to be very, very interesting this offseason. And the NFL Combine is underway. We'll talk about all these NFL headliners, what the coaches are saying about the NFL draft, and talk a little bit of Marvin Harrison and what it means for this wide receiver class Right now on Player Profiler today, February 27th edition, it's kicking off right now. Welcome back to Player Profiler today. I am your host for the Tuesday evening sessions of this offseason's Player Profiler today. Uh, We're going to talk about the NFL Combine in a few minutes, but hope everybody who is joining us live on the Player Profiler News YouTube channel and on Twitter is having a great evening. And uh, you're ready to talk some NFL. This will be a somewhat of a shorter episode just because the meat of what's going to be worth talking about as we head into March is going to be in the upcoming episodes over the next few days, which are other lovely Player Profiler Today co-host Will Tackle. I want to say hi to a few people in uh, you know, who are watching us live. If you're not watching us live, you can catch us every single night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, wherever you may be in the world, to get your daily dose of NFL offseason news. Uh, and I'm live right now where we have Anthony in the chat, among several others. Happy Tuesday, Anthony, and an OG of the Player Profiler Show's Good to have you in here as always. While people settle in and want to hear a little bit about the NFL Combine, uh, we'll talk about some off-season stuff that's happened already. Last week we talked about coaching changes. Now we'll talk about some players. The biggest news, the Bengals make their first off-season move of uh, 2024 and have placed the franchise tag on wide receiver T. Higgins. Higgins, obviously uh, a second-round pick in 2020, one of the the better number-two option wide receivers in the league. For those of you who don't know, I I am, uh, you know, know, when I was avidly watching college football, I loved me some Clemson football, and and I love some T. Higgins. I'm I'm an OG T. Higgins fan. It is worth noting, though, that Higgins, he he has dealt with some injuries over the course of his NFL career, has played – 12-plus games every single season, of course, and has done well as a second option. But worth noting that in 2023, his metrics may be not as elite as the media has tried to suggest. Just worth noting, he was number 117 in route win rate, number 109 in win rate against man, number 50 in contested catch rate, number 98 in true catch rate among wide receivers, number 42 in yards per route run. So T. Higgins gets a good name for a lot of good reasons, but he's at his best when he's connected with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is on the field to take up most of that defensive attention. But T. Higgins does get the franchise tag, and uh, they will get to keep T. Higgins for at least one more season. And if the two parties do not come to a long-term agreement before the July 15th deadline, T. Higgins will be uh, restricted to a one-year deal with the club worth $22 million, which is the league-wide franchise tag amount 
for wide receivers in 2024. The deadline for all the franchise tags or the transition tag stuff is March 5th. So that is in a few days. T. Higgins gets the first offseason move for the Bengals. Anthony says 2023 T had no burrow for what it's worth uh, or minimal burrow. Absolutely, for sure. But worth noting, injuries were there. Joe Burrow was in and out. Well, mostly just out. Um, but worth noting that T. Higgins is – uh, you know, supporting staff, um, supporting staff agnostic metrics were not great either, but maybe that was due to the injuries. 2024 will definitely tell a much better story of what is in store for T. Higgins. Let's not forget the man is still 25 years old and was the first pick in the second round of the NFL draft a few years ago. So this man still has a lot to prove, um, and hopefully he will have a better season. We all love when the Bengals, I mean, even if you're not a Bengals fan, we love the Bengals offense is clicking because they're fun to watch when they are. Speaking of franchise tags, we got a lot going on in the running back market. Key running backs to expect uh, that are expected to avoid the franchise tag, Josh Jacobs, which would be worth $14.1 million, Saquon Barkley, which would be worth $12.1 million, Tony Pollard, which would be worth $12.1 million. They're all expected to be free agents instead of getting the franchise tag. Also in the mix, not expected to get the franchise tag. Derrick Henry, ever heard of him? Austin Eckler, a former fantasy RB1 overall, not expected to get the franchise tag. And there are a bunch of running backs that are also expected to hit free agency within the next month when it starts, which is DeAndre Swift. Devin Singletary, J.K. Dobbins, of course, man who cannot catch a break with injuries but is quite good when he's on the field, his teammate Gus Edwards, Zeke Elliott, and Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and if you if you, if you all care about them, Clyde edwards Elair and A.J. Dillon. If you're watching A.J., if you're watching Clyde, love you guys. Nothing personal. But a lot of people who do watch us are a fantasy um, or fantasy enthusiasts. So that's why I left y'all for the end. The NFL also on Friday announced that the salary cap for the 2024 season will be a record $255.4 million per team. The New Orleans Saints may be w- waking up a little bit to that news. A stunning 13.6% increase over last year's cap. So big news from the NFL there. So that's 30, about $31 million more per team than last year's $225 million. And the running back market is going to be the most interesting to watch here because Jonathan Taylor became the first running back since 2021 to sign a long-term contract worth at least $10 million a year uh, when the Colts last October signed it to a 342 deal or three years, $42 million extension. And remember how long that took. It took till October. They weren't sure if Jonathan Taylor was draftable in fantasy. Feels like ages ago, but that happened last season. He was the first one to break through with a double-digit million-dollar-per-year contract in that form. And the thing with running backs is, as you know, with free agency, instead of the franchise tag, if you hit free agency, it's a supply-and-demand game. And the truth is that running backs, teams have realized, matter less than other skill positions. And therefore, it life can be tough as a running back, especially in this era. A lot of good backs uh, could struggle to get uh, guaranteed money that they would like. 
Uh, Josh Jacobs' franchise tag is higher than the normal running back tag because he had extra guaranteed money added to his adjusted deal last summer. Uh, Saquon Barkley had incentives added to his deal but didn't hit any of them. Uh, but other than that, this is just a running back's got to hope that a team pays them um, at least uh, what they are worth or what they bring to the league. But such is life as a running back. You take hits, uh, and oftentimes you fight one yard for first downs, but the supply and demand is just a tough game to play these days. And a lot of these big-name running backs, especially for fantasy football, are expected to hit the free agent market. Anthony says Tony Pollard still needs a home. Tony Pollard is the prime example of us overthinking last season when we saw Zeke Elliott take on a workhorse role for multiple seasons in a row with minimal injuries for the Dallas Cowboys. We took for granted what a workhorse in the NFL can really be. And a lot of us, including myself, hand up, we were enamored by the ability of Pollard to have huge plays. The pure talent on a per-touch basis when he was a backup. And in his first season as a workhorse, it just wasn't wasn't pretty at all. He just couldn't do what Zeke Elliott was doing in his prime, which is what many of us expected. Number 37 among running backs in yards created per touch. Um, did have some breakaway runs, 11 breakaway runs, that ranked 11th, but number 42 in true yards per carry. And by the way, if y'all are new to these shows, if y'all are new to Player Profiler, you can get all these sites on playerprofiler.com, and you can go to the player page y'all for free, and you can get these advanced metrics. Um, but if you want some more uh, metrics in uh, that, if you want to sort them by position, if you want all the tools that you need to dominate your uh, fantasy leagues, to understand the advanced metrics, to rank them, to be able to get our fantasy football projections and rankings when the season starts, or just be able to prepare and dominate your best ball drafts this offseason, you might want to take a look at data analysis or our DFS dominator. Here's a word from the podfather with something on that. DFS getting harder every year, but we're here to make it easier with the DFS Dominator because I know a lot of optimizers keep coming out. Oh, our optimizer. What about this optimizer? But that optimizer. Well, we have a cash game optimizer that leverages the projections from Dario, Billy, the award-winning projections at playerprofiler.com and builds the best lineups for cash games that have both upside and stability because that's what you want. It's a couple clicks, boom, boom, boom. You get the best possible lineup for your cash games. But for tournaments, traditional optimizers don't work. That's why we have a lineup genius, which takes you through the process of building lineups the way they should be built. Which quarterbacks do you want to be overweight on? Then building stacks, then setting runbacks, then optimizing, and generating up to 150 lineups that you can easily import into DraftKings, into FanDuel. That's the DFS Dominator. It's only $45. A year, not not a week, a, a year, a year. Just go to Player Profiler, click on the DFS Dominator from the menu, and you won't be sorry. We're back on Player Profiler today, your favorite off-season show for NFL news and fantasy football action. We're just talking about franchise tags. T. Higgins got to put franchise tag from the Bengals. Many running backs are not going to get that same treatment and are instead going to hit the free agency market. We're about to talk some NFL combine because we are at the end of February. 
and the combine festivities are officially underway. But before that, I can't, in my right mind, as a, a fan of a team in the AFC East, I cannot, in my right my, mind, just ignore one of the biggest non-football news in the NFL, which is Bill's offensive tackle, Deion Dawkins, on a, on a, on a, on a TV show um, a couple of days ago, has started a new rivalry against the New York Jets. If they didn't already hate each other, well, they might now. Quote from Deion Dawkins, I hate them all. All of them, bro. When it comes to sports, there are people that play the sport because they love the sport, and then there's people that play the sport just to try to be cool. I feel like they play the sport, the sport to try to be cool. Those are a bunch of dudes that just want to take pictures on Instagram. That's whack. He went on to say that defensive tackle Quinn Williams on the Jets, he's valid and he's cool, but the rest of them are just not guys he messes with. And uh, he went on to talk about uh, the trash talk that the Jets were throwing at Josh Allen on the field and that uh, he thought that was corny, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, if you want to hear the entirety of what Deion Dawkins said, you can find that all over social media. But I just thought it was worth throwing out there. When we're prepping for uh, DFS lineups for, for those games, those will certainly be interesting. The two times that the Bills and Jets face each other in the regular season, uh, and you never know, maybe they face each other in the playoffs as well. Those will be very interesting to watch. Could be could get very physical, especially if the game is close. Something to watch there. But uh, the main item, uh, uh, the main item of the agenda today, for which y'all are here yesterday on Monday show, Jack Cavanaugh did a great job talking about the biggest headliner of the NFL Combine, which is Marvin Harrison Jr., the projected first wide receiver off the board. Um, you know. Many would agree a generational talent has decided to forego the NFL combine, uh, the, the measurements, uh, the metrics. So that player profiler, we won't have his metrics. Malik Neighbors uh, also will skip uh, many of the festivities. Um, but the schedule for the NFL combine on Thursday, February the 29th, we get to see defensive linemen and linebackers go through scouting. On Friday, the 1st of March, we'll see defensive backs and tight ends. On Saturday, we'll probably get the most watched uh, day of the NFL Combine because we got the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs, and then we finish it out on the afternoon of Sunday, March the 3rd, with the offensive linemen. If y'all don't know about uh, my work with the NFL Combine, personally, uh, I may or may not um, wager on uh combine times last year i made a, a dfs entry with i believe either five or six combine times and i swept the board uh so I, I will definitely be keeping an eye and perhaps doing something like that again something that's very hard to replicate but uh just just something to keep in mind but uh the combine festivities even though the actual measurements of the players have not started people are at the combine some people from player profiler are at the combine and there's some uh, there's some updates there's some news from organizations starting with the very basics which honestly we didn't even need to hear such as the Seahawks general manager John Schneider saying quarterback Geno Smith is the starter quote until he's not uh, probably the most useful uh, the most unuseful, quote-unquote, piece of news we've gotten out of, out of the combine. But then we warm up, we get some more real updates, such as Giants quarterback Daniel Jones. We have a health update, and it was good. 
Uh, Daniel Jones has progressed to stationary throwing. There's a lot of talk about him doing some individual for seven-on-seven seven drills in the spring. Uh, and shout-out to ESPN uh, uh, NFL Nation insider covering the Giants, Jordan Ronan, for this information. Looks like the Giants fully expect Daniel Jones to be the week one starter. Now, that does not mean that the Giants won't draft the quarterback, which still seems to be on the table. Even if Daniel Jones is fully healthy, they should be open, as you can agree. They should be open to adding a quarterback in the draft if they get a guy. Uh, but General Manager Joe Schoen said, quote, I have faith in Daniel as our starting quarterback. So Daniel Jones progressing upwards looks like he'll looks like he'll be ready for week one. Uh, and hopefully we get a healthy Darren Waller to stack with him again. Bigger spoiler alert, I'm doing it again. Uh, more news on the organizational front at the NFL Combine. Uh, Johnu Smith, uh, remember him? Remember uh, when Arthur Smith coached a football team and uh, we joked all offseason that Johnu Smith was going to be stealing work and then he did? Uh, well, the Falcons have released veteran tight end Johnu Smith. Uh, and by doing so, Atlanta is going to save $6.5 million against the cap uh, while also carrying a dead money charge of $2.5 million. Um, and Johnu Smith, uh, I do want to address the type of player that Johnu Smith is. Of course, he's getting up there in age at 29 years old. Feels like it's yeah, time has flown by in Johnu Smith's career. He was absolutely balling out as a quote-unquote youngin for the Tennessee Titans. Then he goes on the Patriots, doesn't get uh, an opportunity to be fantasy good there with that uh, ridiculous-looking offense in New England. But then last season, we figured he was going to have some spike games for the Falcons, and so he did. He ended up getting nine red zone targets on the season, uh, which was around middle of the pack for tight ends. Uh, he was number 12 in yards per route run, which was okay. Uh, number 15 in true catch rate, so... His athleticism, which was, by the way, the eighth best of the 41 tight ends of his draft class, and number 35 of all positions of that draft class, Jonu Smith, an incredible athletic profile, and it showed last season when he was number 15 in true catch rate, number nine in contested catch rate. So I have a feeling Jonu Smith's going to find himself a team uh, rather quickly because this man can still play some football. More uh, on the NFL Combine news front. Uh Speaking of T. Higgins, the Bengals have said, uh, Bengals executive Duke Tobin has said that he cannot rule out a potential trade involving wide receiver T. Higgins. Uh, he said the team is better with T. Higgins, duh, but he can't predict all possible scenarios. I absolutely love that the Bengals are not ruling out that scenario um, and while dealing with it politically in a politically correct fashion, saying, T. Higgins, we want him to be on the team. But if a trade arises, that's a good move. Uh, they will do it. Uh, we've also gotten some news out of the NFC East. Uh, Nick Sirianni says Jalen Hurts, quote, is going to get better. And he supported his leadership style and uh, just his general uh, ability to be a, uh, a, a star quarterback in this league. Uh, it this is not a, this is not wake and take this is not a take show this is not for me to go on and talk about how much I think Jalen Hurts is disrespected, but let it be known since this is a new show that Nick Sirianni has been vocal about it. Uh, we also have some news out of the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. They've informed their 
their superstar performing playoff cornerback, Legereus Sneed. I will have no uh, have no qualms about saying that this man performed like a superstar when it mattered the most. Legereus Sneed, uh, they're going to put the franchise tag on Legereus Sneed, and they're open uh, to get a trade off of it if no long-term deal is found. But Sneed, uh, he has agreed with this scenario, and uh, Kansas City still remains in play, but they are going to use the franchise tag on Legereus Sneed. Uh, more news that has come out very recently. Vikings named Josh McCown as their quarterback's coach. I think this is interesting per se, or, or personally, I believe this is interesting. Um, I, I won't I won't go on a tirade about if I think Josh Cowan is, is qualified enough. I mean, frankly, we don't have that big of a sample size, but it's worth noting that he was the quarterback's coach of the Carolina Panthers in 2023, and now he goes to the Vikings, obviously, yeah, if if you're if you aren't old enough to remember, well, Josh McCown, a quarterback on pretty much every team in the league: Cardinals, Lions, Raiders, Dolphins, Panthers, uh, 49ers, Bears, Buccaneers, Browns, Jets, Eagles, and Texans. He has hopped around as a backup quarterback in this league. He's been there uh, and recently retired, and he's now on the Minnesota Vikings. I'm not sure what that means, if anything, for Kirk Cousins, but it is news nonetheless. The Chargers, I mean, many of you would agree, currently the most interesting offseason um, of the NFL, given that they hired John Harbaugh and a couple others from Michigan, uh, given that they're probably going to move on from Austin Eckler, maybe draft Blake Corum is 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 uh, something I'm projecting. Uh, but the LA Chargers general manager, Joe, uh, Joe Hortis, uh, was non-committal on the futures of wide receivers Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and outside linebacker Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Personally, I would also be non-committal about those aging players. Keenan Allen, an incredible season, but nonetheless, he is still getting older. He's hit that age apex for wide receiver greatness. Uh, and direct quote from Hortiz, quote, we're still working on it. Obviously, the salary cap got bumped up a little bit bigger, uh, higher than I think everyone was expecting. And that gives us more flexibility. We'll continue to talk through that over the next couple of weeks and have a plan of, of attack shortly. The Chargers are projected to be $25.5 million over the salary cap. And Keenan, uh, Keenan Allen, uh, Joey Bosa, Mike Williams, Khalil Mack are all projected to have cap hits higher than $30 million so a lot to watch for the LA Chargers there. Last but not the least, we got to talk about a couple of bottom feeders from last season who might see big, consequential, perhaps historical moves at the draft. And new head coach of the Washington Commanders, Dan Quinn, has said, quote, it's been 1,234 days since I've been let go from Atlanta says, I've had a chance to reflect on what happened, said this is the right place and time for him to be a head coach again. Keep in mind, Washington has a high draft pick. Could they go the Drake May route? Will Sam Howell still be the starter next year uh, or next season? I personally don't think so, but a lot of possibilities on the table for Dan Quinn and his Washington commanders, including perhaps drafting Marvin Harrison 
who, remember, is foregoing the measurements part of the NFL Combine completely. So will be interesting to see what Dan Quinn's first move uh, is uh, as a head coach and how he will deal with that. Uh, and finally, the Arizona Cardinals, they do have the number uh, four overall pick. We're hearing murmurs about uh, the Cardinals receiving calls about the number four pick. Well, Monty Austin-Fort um, said that the Cardinals have not received any such calls or have had conversations about trading the number four overall pick. He says he expects those calls to come closer to April, as I'm, I'm sure you know veterans of the draft know this. You'll get calls until draft night when you know when the time comes about your pick. That includes the number one overall pick with the, the Bears, Justin Fields, and Caleb Williams nonsense, uh, which has been covered on several player profile shows already. Um, but it's been it's it's out there now as of today that the Cardinals have not received any calls about trading the number four overall pick. And those were all the news that came out today. Like I said, this was going to be a slightly shorter show. I'm so looking forward to watching the rest of the Player Profiler Today shows this week because we're going to get more combine talk. We're going to hear more stuff from the coaches who are at the combine. We're going to hear some more from our Player Profiler folk who are at the combine. And I'm ready to watch some of these 40 times, even if they don't mean anything, especially for wide receivers, offensive linemen. I am I, one of those people who watches the combine. Sue me. Regardless, I'm excited for what the next week has to offer, and we're going to have the rest of our player profiler today uh, show uh, show hosts to walk you through it. Be back here every evening that you can make it Tuesday night on the Player Profiler News YouTube channel, on the Player Profiler X slash Twitter page. Shout out to everybody who watched today's show. Shout out to Anthony for being active in the chat. You are a legend. But for now... I personally, at Han Rungta, will see you next Tuesday. But we, Player Profiler, will see you right back here tomorrow for Player Profiler today on Wednesday, February the 28th. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All-In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.